Hello, I'm your host Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk. Right. There's been so much change in the past couple of years in legislation so that I thought with it being summer we'll just move into the lighter side of letting. So today's episode of Let's Talk is themed It Shouldn't Happen to a Let. We will be discussing weird and wonderful situations that agents have experienced over the years. I've recruited some characters from the world of letting. (laughs) We have Wendy Gallagher from One Stop Properties. Hi Gillian. Hello, we've got Chris Coburn from Let It. Hi Gillian. And our very own John Clay. Hi Gillian. Hello. Now, we're just going to start with a classic story because we all know this story, don't we? Um, But before I get John and Chris to share it, it's worth noting that no amount of legislation, past or present, would have prevented this series of events unfolding. So who's, who's going to start with this one? Well, yeah, so as uh, most people may not know, our, your very own John Clay <laughs> used to um, work for our stable uh, over at Let It um, in, in Paisley at the time. And uh, it just so happened that um, the incident uh, in question we're talking about uh, involves the, the Glasgow airport terrorist uh, incident, which uh, uh, unfortunately our, our company was uh, involved with um, providing a, a, a home to the, the perpetrators um, and John knows more of the detail so I will hand over to him uh, just now. Yeah, thank you Chris, yeah, I was going to say we were colleagues and actually just checking back in this, the 12 year anniversary of the Glasgow Airport incident has just passed it's at funny. the end of June, yeah. it's quite a long time ago now yeah. <clears throat> and it's a story I like to share amongst the agent community as and when mm-hmm. I, I meet them but yeah I think it's perhaps one of the most extreme cases of it shouldn't happen to let that we're likely to encounter. Maybe absolutely. not, we'll see what the oh, story's bring about. But yeah, 12 years ago, I got a phone call on the afternoon where we all found out that the Glasgow airport hadn't even been attacked. And it was Colin Rowe. I had meeting. that phone call too. <laughs> yeah, um, so it was, it was basically looking for someone to come down to the Paisley office, get the shutters up and assist Paisley's CID. Now we didn't know at the time that it was connected to the airport. I don't even think you would have assumed that it would have had something to do with it. Unfortunately, I said, yes, I am available and sober, I can drive, I'll come down and I'll open up the showers for you. The rate available sober. <laughs> maybe, maybe back then. So we got down and Colin was there. We got into the office and two police officers were there said, look, this is to do with Glasgow Airport. We have reason to believe that one of the men involved may have been a tenant of yours. So I just need you to run a series of names through your database and we'll see what goes from there. So I thought, that's fine. Popped on the computer, got CFPL set up, and he gave me the first name. And as soon as that name came across, I knew it was our tenant. And I knew that it was the house in Houston, and I knew that it was a very recent let. And the reason it stands out is it wasn't so common at the time, but we did an open house viewing. So I think there were three, maybe even four different groups all viewing the house at the same time. The reason this stands out is the chap who ultimately went on to become a terrorist, he was the most pleasant of all of the groups that were visiting. He just pottered around the house, had a look at everything, stood outside. Meanwhile, everyone else is fizzing about, absolutely fuming, <laughs> that if I went to the house and they went to the house, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I'm just here to open doors, but you know, I'm sure we can work something out. So I caught the chap outside, again, very polite, shook my hand and said, thanks for your time. I'm going to go back and take this house. If I get a taxi now, do you think I'll be able to get there first? I said, you know what, absolutely. You hop in a taxi and good luck. That was it. Everything went through. And as we touched on, all the due diligence was completed. Yeah. We had copies of contracts, passport, credit referencing, all satisfactory. We informed the landlord. Absolutely delighted. It's a doctor in my house. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, that's I mean, as I said before, NHS recruited him. You know, he yeah, slipped yeah. through the net there. Yeah. Perfect, and, and it, perfect tenant. I mean, yeah. if a terrorist can, can um, fool intelligence officers and, yeah. and slip through the net, they're certainly going to um, pull the wheel over the eyes mm-hmm. of an unsuspecting <laughs> uh, letting <laughs> agent. Um, so actually, nothing we could have done not differently. It's not the kind of no, no, sure. terrorist. That's a question we ask. It's a checkbox that didn't exist. So th- that's what stood out on the day. Ultimately, obviously, as I say, passed everything, mm-hmm. took the keys for about, I think, two months in East Tenancy. So we're just maybe four weeks shy of the first house inspection. 
and we've no idea what that would have thrown up had mm. we gone on to do it. If memory serves, the whole Glasgow airport attack had escalated rather quickly because of a failed nail bomb attack somewhere That's in right. London. Um, so, yeah, things moved rather quickly, which mm -hmm. is, I think, why it became a botched attempt in the end and why we're sitting here talking about it being a failed terrorist yeah, attack. Mm -hmm. um, but when we established that this was indeed the chap that they were looking at, I went into full Columbo mode. I pulled out files. <laughs> and his passport. How, how's that work for you? Like, this is great. Keep it coming. Like, There's his contract. I've got his birth certificate. It's all here. And I looked and went, actually, he pays by credit card for his rent as well. Let's look out the receipts. And I think they actually traced the credit card back to the f somewhere in London, various right. purchases that were made. So it was it was all networked and integrated, um, th um, this whole story. I mean, you went back to look at the flat afterwards. Was there no evidence? We of... didn't get any opportunity to right, go in. Okay. Um, it was, as I say, two months in. So strictly speaking, we had no right, rhyme or reason to go in any sooner than the three-month first mm -hmm. quarterly inspection. It and was just taken over. After the incident? After the incident, it was a completely different story. Mm -hmm. now, despite us having spare keys mm -hmm. and things like that, obviously the police went in cautiously. Yeah. So they blew the door off. Looking for booby traps, stormed the place with what I can only imagine is something like a scene from TV, just full health of leather. So they, they obviously evacuated neighbouring buildings and things before they did all this. But yeah, it was just an absolute nightmare scenario. Mm -hmm. There was nail bombs, gas canisters, oh. everything you can pick up. And I think they bought it all from B&Q. So everything mm -hmm. you can just lay your hands on, uh -huh. it was all there. Yeah. Oh. Um, during the whole course of answering and assisting the police, I got word that the hospital in Paisley, the RH, their car park had been evacuated because of a suspected device, unknown device. And I got word of this before the police officers got word. So I'm sitting assisting in the investigation of a failed terrorist attack on the airport, knowing the intel prior to the police receiving it, and I'm starting to feel a wee bit hot under the collar and a little bit sweaty. There's a link. Is there not a link? Well, it's <laughs> not. It's not. I have exactly family. Here. I've yes. got family working at the hospital. So when they all got the word that the place was being evacuated, Matt texts me to say, we're being evacuated. Mm. Can you believe this? And I'm texting back saying, I can actually. I'm helping the police with investigations into the Glasgow airport attack. But they looked at me rather suspiciously that I've got word that yeah, things are happening elsewhere. And I'm like, You're a connection just, with just let me explain, chat. <laughs> let, let me catch my breath. I'm feeling a bit nervous here. Um, let me explain. I've got family that work in the hospital. That's it. I'm helping you here. I knew nothing of this guy before this happened. Just they let me go. That was Saturday evening. So I obviously gave as much information as I possibly could, but I was entrusted to keep the file that we had on him because of the previous um, tenancies and the previous mm -hmm. bits of paperwork that go with it. So I was safeguarding this this file. I took it home with me. I think it was about 11 o'clock or something. I got home, started at 7 in, in the evening. Got home, I'm safeguarding this. This was on Saturday. So throughout Sunday, I was getting various calls on my mobile. How people got my number, I don't know. Didn't give it wow. out. But it was news networks asking if I had any information on the terrorists that's come to light that it was a tenant of ours. Mm -hmm. Things move rather quickly. Um... Yeah, I was like, no, I don't have any information, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I was, I was quite afraid that if I did see anything, how that would affect yeah. things. But I had everything on this chap, as I say, mm. his birth certificate, his passport, his NHS contract, everything that you would expect as part of the mm -hmm. referencing procedure. Yes. So that was all with me. Monday morning, rolled round and we're ready for work. And there's various reporters sitting outside the office. And I'm driving in in a branded vehicle, so there's no mistaking who I am or where <laughs> I'm going. So I managed to go in. Up with the shutter, into the office, back down with the shutter. Things got busier as the morning went on, and then our business owner at the time, I think, made a statement that didn't sit so well with the police. And he, I think, kind of led people to believe that they were very close to nabbing the, ter the airport terrorists before it happened, mm. and the police took offence to that, because right. their view was, no, we weren't close. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have prevented it. It was a failed botched attempt, that was right. it. Mm -hmm. So they wished... Uh, our owner away in a car and kept him for four hours <laughs> to assist with their investigation and it was merely just they stopped from talking to the press <laughs> took him away in fact it's at the time yes some of the tv coverage yeah, and the news can... coverage you can see me and daniel leaving in the background and i've got this briefcase still with this file in it this thing did not leave my side short of handcuffing so you see me in the background at all of this so that was the immediate aftermath, and as time went on, obviously various reports were coming out of who the guy was, his involvement, the fact that I think he came from Jordan and the terrorist links mm -hmm. that were there and growing cells of terrorism and 
all manner of reports and Sky News wanted to do an interview with me just to give a piece on how it came to be that they were there. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, that's great, I'm going to go on television. <laughs> I went around, got a haircut, everything else, did that. <laughs> sure. Later on, I did a panorama interview with a very serious heavyweight reporter that infiltrated the KKK in the States. Did a piece on that. So, yeah, it was a rather drawn out affair in the end. Mm. But the house was, as you'd imagine, absolutely Yeah, wrecked. that's... The owner was not happy. Did she have insurance? Well, she did, but it wasn't covered <laughs> under terrorism or acts of terrorism. Of course. So... That was actually to pay of for course. the full refit herself. Oh. And uh, yeah, needless to say, the house moved on and was sold. But I'll never forget the house, obviously. No. And I'll never, ever forget Something the events that transpired. Happen again. But there's only two times in my life that I've told this story where it's raised eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Once was to an agent, a new agent that was set up. And I've seen her demeanour change as soon as I started telling the story. She lived in the house next door. She was one of the people evacuated. It was oh, her childhood home. Chances of so it, it yeah, mm-hmm. hit quite home with her. And then there was another where there was a young a young guy setting up business for the first time. And I love, as I said, telling this story. And he's looking at me with this kind of vacant expression on his face. What happened then? What, what, what happened at Glasgow Airport? What? It was a terrorist attack. It's like one of the biggest things ever happened in Scotland of that ilk. Oh, I was too young to know about that. I have no idea that that happened. I thought, well, I've never in my life felt lonely oh until now. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that was yes. it. Yeah, that, that was my <laughs> It does seem like yesterday. I, I remember I getting a call from from uh, Colin and he said, you know, because it was all over the news and so I'd just moved into my new house um, myself and, and we'd not actually put the TV on yet and I, but we'd had the radio on and so we were aware of it unfolding and we were just about to leave to go to, I don't know, Ikea or somewhere like that and he said, phoned and said, Chris, you know this um, Glasgow terrorist thing, have you seen it on the news? I'm like, yeah, it was crazy, isn't it? And he was like, it was our tenant and I'm like, you are joking. <laughs> um, so that that was just uh, a bombshell like you, you would yeah, never absolutely. be expecting, isn't it? So and it's, well, it's funny because as another agent, the first thing you think of uh-huh. is did they do the, did they do their credit checks? Did they that's do right. their references? What did they do? And that's the first thing because John and I have had uh-huh. discussion before, and I'm saying, but did you do this, John? And what about? And they said. Perfect. Yeah. All done. Yeah. Perfect. All completed. The whole mm-hmm. process was absolutely worked out. And of course, when you think about it, they are going to uh-huh. be very nice because they don't want to raise any alarms That's it. or That's it. so that they're mm-hmm. going to be the perfect uh-huh. tenant. And if we were to ask ourselves, you know, are there any lessons learned? And um, there isn't a great deal that we could have no. done differently. No. So no. it no. kind of yeah, it is. I think it just proves that it's one of the most extreme cases. Absolutely. So, I, I, one of the first things I mentioned to a prospective new client is mm-hmm. that there's always an element of risk involved when letting out a property, but um, yeah, like you say, that's the most extreme. That is very yes. extreme. Well, tell you what, let's start at the beginning of the process of letting property. So, prospective tenants trying to sell themselves, obviously we're at a time where demand's so high, and tenants, well, we have, city lets a lot of people um, mistake us for an actual agent rather than a property portal. So we get a lot of emails with tenants really trying to sell themselves so that they are selected for a viewing. And actually I kind of selected a few emails from past years that some of us can seem to remember and I'll see if any of you have similar, similar memories of certain tenant stories. We had, here's an Italian student in 2014 He was looking to rent a specific property that he saw advertised and he said, I'm looking for clean, affordable and pleasant accommodation. I saw your room and it seems what I'm looking for, but I'll arrive in September is a problem. Then he says, I saw that you're looking for a female, but I'm gay. And you can trust me when I tell you that I don't do disgusting male things like, guess what he said? (laughs) <laughs> are we allowed to are we allowed say to whatever you think I can edit things out if need be no it's just the cuts in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think Chris what disgusting what male thing does he not do <laughs> leave the toilet seat it up. wasn't that so he must do that <laughs> leave the toilet seat no here you're right. Oh my You're right. He didn't know this. Sink. Oh, he doesn't leave hair around. So 
Um, well, we let him know we're a property portal, but let's, let's hope he has success there. <laughs> so, in 2005, we had a Mr. Hussein looking to rent a large double room with a price range from zero to £70 per week. He stated it should be clean, new and with white people. <laughs> He said, please call and let me know if a property becomes available, but it's his request at the end I love. Please pick me up from Ilford Central Library if you're able to show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but any viewing, I think you had a, a classic I, I have, yeah, and, you know, I seem to have got quite lucky when it comes to some of the, the jovial aspects of it. And it's one of the key aspects that I miss of, of maybe doing lettings. If there was a glamour role, I think I mm -hmm. had it. So you're meeting all new people all the time, you're seeing all these new houses and various properties, character properties and things, but I remember doing this viewing in a flat in the centre of Paisley, and a couple were coming in to look at it. I don't know what possessed the girl to do this, but she went into the kitchen and she closed the door. And then when she tried to open the door, the handle did absolutely <laughs> nothing. Just nothing. It wouldn't get the catch at all, but she starts to panic. And I can hear her, she's quite distressed, she's claustrophobic, I'm thinking, relax, there's a window there, you're fine, it's alright, don't worry about it. But her partner, she's looking at me thinking, you better get her out of there. She's starting to freak out. I was like, right, it's okay. Phone back to the office and they said, look, it's going to be a wee while before we can get a joiner out. And I said, this girl is having an absolute panic attack. I don't know what else to do. She went, kick in the door. I thought, I'll be alright to kick in the door. You're allowing me to do that? She went, yep, kick in the door. So that's fine. I shall attempt to kick in the door. So I hung up. I thought, right, John, this is your time to shine. This door is going in. <laughs> so I steadied myself. I steadied myself. I thought, it wouldn't take much. Maybe just the shoulder. Just, here we go. One. And I hit the door. And the door hit me. And I bounced so far back that by the time I'd steadied myself, my glasses were hanging off the end of my face. It was all dishevelled. And the girl was looking at me thinking, what are you doing? Right, here we go. So after not I, after, no, definitely not, man. I would not have a career in the fire service or anything else. God, that door quite hard, so I had to get myself all stay again. After two or three kicks, something the door went through. The girl's on the other side, she is by this point in fits of tears. She's just hysterical. So they left and they never she took wasn't hysterical laughter. No, she was, she was just absolutely they hysterical. They didn't deserve the fire. No, nothing didn't oh, take I have no idea why. I have no idea why. And I thought <laughs> after an extra effort I went to that she would have taken the flat. Yeah, no, no, no. We did eventually, and a nice new handle on it as well. That, that worked. Yeah, I, I don't know what possessed me to close the door in the first instance, but as soon as that door clipped shut and she couldn't get it back out, the view just went to pop. But yeah, that yeah. was it. Bounced straight oh. off that door. And <laughs> Wait, you've got, you've got a good viewing story, haven't you? Oh, we have um, several. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got several. So we had. It was a Friday evening uh -huh. and Melanie uh, from our office went to do a viewing on a property not far. So she came back, yeah, the couple like it, they're going to come in and I'm busy working away in the office and the next minute I hear the staff discussing between themselves about the gun. And I just stop in my track and I say, sorry, well, what, what do you mean a gun? And Melanie said, well, I think the tenants are going to take it, she said, but there was a gun line uh, there's a mattress lying in the lounge. She said, and there was a gun lying next to it. She said, but I'm sure it's a toy gun. She says, I was discreetly trying to kick it under the mattress. <laughs> what size of gun? <laughs> it was an actual, like, a handgun. Seriously? So I said to Melanie, oh, I don't like... She said, and there was some, like, paraphernalia, drug paraphernalia lying. Mm. Melanie, I really don't like the sound of this. I'm going to call the police. So just for advice, so I didn't phone 999, I, I phoned the local mm -hmm. police station, I said, you know, I'm looking for some advice. Mm. There is a tenant in the property um, who advised that her brother would be there. Tenant wasn't actually living uh -huh. in the property, but said her brother would be there to allow us to do viewings. He wasn't there. Um, within like 10 minutes, police outside the office. The sniper and, police. You know, was it like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Mel and I in the police car, you know, come with us. So that was Mel and I down to this flat on a Friday night, you know, raging that you want to go home and have a glass of wine and, and you're stuck in this flat with the police. But Chief what Inspector happened? comes in, and before you know it, you know, they're all over this flat. There's a real gun, there was machetes, there was what? drug paraphernalia, you name it, police were everywhere over this flat. You know, Mel and I are pushed into the kitchen, you know, and it's like, oh! So Mel and I are standing thinking, what can I do? And of course, me being the nosy person that I am, is like, you know, have a wee look. And I'm going, oh, it's that cocaine. Oh, is that cannabis? Oh, is that? So I think they just want to get rid of me, you know, it's like, oh my God, but that she's, she's here. So 
the next thing, Mel and I have got the chief inspector's hats on and we're doing selfies. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when we then this all unfolded and we went back to the office on the Monday and we phoned the tenant. Mm -hmm. She knew nothing about it. Well, she said yeah. she wasn't aware of it. Um, so it so happened I was actually in holiday when the checkout of that flat was taking place. Oh, yeah. We actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> we actually had to have a police escort to the flat because obviously we were the ones yeah. that, that, that told the police. Mm -hmm. So um, at the time, my business partner at the time uh -huh. said, I'm really not comfortable, Wendy, doing a checkout with a boy that's now up for, you know, oh God, you know offensive weapons, drugs, etc. He said, I'm really not comfortable. So when, when I spoke to the police and they said, no, we'll be present at your, your yeah. checkout. So we actually had to have the police present at the checkout. <laughs> well, I, I was actually quite, I was quite annoyed that I was on holiday. I wanted to be there, you, you know. know? So I'm so, I'm so nosy. <laughs> but we had, a, we had another uh -huh. one where, where one of our viewing reps went to view a property. Yeah and phoned the office and said, couple love it, they'll love it, they'll be down in the office in five minutes, you know, they want to reserve it, so couple came to the office and staff are sitting going through the, the application with them and, and she said, oh, and I love the red sofa and I love, you know, and the curtains match wonderfully and Melanie says, this property's unfurnished and, and there shouldn't be any furniture in it. So the, the girl said, no, it's fully furnished, like fully furnished. So Melanie phones then her viewing rep and said, Jim, can you just confirm, what what flat did you view? Yeah. Was it, she said it should have been the unfurnished flat and she gave him the address. He said, yeah, that's where I went. And he, he said, but it's fully furnished. And she said, no, our flat's unfurnished. It turns out the same key to our flat also let our viewing rep in to two up one. No. So our flat was two up two. He's went to two up one with our key and it's opened the door. No, we have actually right? just shown a completely different, a completely different flat. Somebody Don't else's. Know, somebody else's pop, somebody's actual home. <gasps> Do you know, but that rings a bell with them. Um, I'll not say the agent, but a friend's husband, or a friend of someone here's husband, was helping out doing viewings for an agent that I think we all know. And he went to the flat to, to show. And he rang the doorbell just in case the tenants were in, but they weren't meant to be. But the tenants were. Tenants let him in, and he showed the whole flat. And only at the end, as, as they were on the way out, the tenants said, so, so when will the landlord be letting us know that, that we're having to leave? And he had gone to complete the wrong flat, and these, these people, <laughs> these tenants, said, yeah, just come in. I mean, there's no need, just come in, just walk around. Only at the end did they actually query it. It's just, how often does that happen, actually? It's well, it happens more than you think. It's, there's an occasion now and again that crops mm -hmm. up as a viewing agent when you're out um, in a property where you feel um, the necessity to wheel out your... A mental book of uh, small chat because <laughs> yeah. somebody's stuck in a room or I got stuck in a lift actually <laughs> oh, with no. with a, about four or five viewers and they were all like different parties and it was oh, a lift no. and it, and it eventually oh, maybe about 15-20 minutes oh, gosh, um, so I'm like and, and, and they're all, I, I mean, they probably weren't, but I felt as if they were all looking at me thinking it's all my fault that, oh, just, you know, yeah. we're, all, that we're all stuck in this lift, you know. Why didn't we just suggest that we take the stairs in the first place? But eventually we got the, do the doors open and it was halfway um, oh, into a floor, so we had to, like, climb up. My goodness, anyone else with viewing? Well, actually, I was doing a viewing... Um, in uh, a suburb of Glasgow, once a small bungalow in the winter time, and it was mm -hmm. a new new instruction to us. We'd just taken it on, and um, the landlord was going overseas, um, so I made sure to remind him that um, the heating should be left on low in cases, you know, to prevent mm -hmm. burst pipes and so on. Um, I even double checked that the heating was on low um, when I was round um, by myself afterwards doing mm -hmm. marketing pictures and so on. Um, so that was all fine, heating was on low, I was satisfied with that. Turned up to do the first viewing with the viewer um, to have that horrible notion that somebody's in the property which you're not expecting because I could hear somebody having a shower. So I said, I think somebody's having a shower in this, <laughs> this house so if you just bear with me a wee second, 
opened the door to find that there was it was a, a bungalow. Mm -hmm. There was water pouring in through every join and every bit of plasterboard in every oh room, gosh. every light fitting. Um, oh, that is and, awful. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was about maybe four winters ago. It was cold, um, so obviously had to um, say thanks for your time. I'm so sorry to have uh, <laughs> caused you to come come out to this property, but obviously I can't show you it now. Um, and then I had to I had to go in and, and kind of check the, the damage, but I had to I needed my umbrella inside. Oh, it was it was bad. that bad. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean that's probably the worst that you can do. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're just gonna. No. Just gonna apologise and um, that's it. One of the things that made my heart skip a beat was opening the door mm -hmm. and hearing that beep, beep, beep. Oh, oh no. No. you did not have any ideas there. You didn't have a and code for it. And then it goes off, and the whine that leaves in your ears is definitely yeah. trying to do the viewing. And you think, would you like to continue doing the viewing? And the person that you're with goes, huh? So like, would you like to do the viewing? And you go round and you come back out, and your ears are ringing. The neighbours are out, the dogs are barking. It's happened on a lot of occasions. The two that stand out for me, there was one massive house in Bridgewear. We knew the alarm was there, but the owner said it was dead. It was never wired in. They didn't have the code for it. Mm -hmm. They were in Kenya, leaving us to do it. So we always went in and out, never a problem. Dead of winter. It's kicking on to about half past four, five o'clock. And I'm doing this kind of what I consider to be quite a late viewing at the time. We go in the house, sure enough, that beep starts. Mm. And before I can do anything, it just goes off. So they quickly go around the house, come back in, and we stand at maybe half past five, middle of December, outside to speak about everything else. And I'm shivering so hard that I'm starting to slur my words and things. There's certain <laughs> hypothermia setting in. She said, do you think we should maybe do this back at the office? And I'm standing there going, yes, please. But the office is shut now. So that was it. We went back out. Been trying to get a hold of the owners for hours now. They eventually emailed the code back, said, well, we found this. Zero, one, two, three. That was the code. <laughs> no. Nobody thought to try that. Or one, two, three, four. Or one, two, three, four. Easy. Now, zero, one, two, three. Just try that. Sure enough, that what? The other time, um, there was a house in Barnhead. We went in. Again, the alarm goes screaming. This time, though, you can see that it's going to be a combination of the numbers two, four, six, and eight. Because they were worn away so badly that oh, the digits really? weren't on there anymore. So I just kept pressing, kept pressing, kept pressing. And by luck, it went off. So over the course of just randomly hitting two, four, six, and eight, and as many older that I can think of, off the line. Wow. Thought, That's amazing. Secure. That is amazing. You know? Exactly. You're really proud of yourself. Yeah, I no. was genuinely proud of it. The alarms. Yeah. Yeah, the, the alarms went always a nightmare. We, we had one just recently. Um, it's actually quite delicate. When, when the tenant gives you notice that they're leaving as an agent, you put the property on the market, you know, beforehand mm. to show properties. So we text and email the tenant to say we're coming at this day, at this time to do a viewing. If it doesn't suit you, contact the office. So the viewing's at six o'clock at night. The tenant that's living in the property phoned the office. As it so happened, she got a male member of staff. And she's quite shy and quite, and she said, um, she said, you're coming to my property to, to do a viewing. She said, but I've left something out. <laughs> so, Stuart in the office says, okay, um, would you like us to cancel the viewing? We can reschedule it for another time. No, 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 she said, you don't have to do that. She said, okay, um, this something that you've left out, is it something that, that we can hide, something that we can cover? And she said, oh yeah, you'll be able to cover it said okay are we talking you know like you know with a towel with a blanket and she oh no towel be fine of course Stuart doesn't want to ask her what is this so um it comes off the phone that's fine gets hold of our viewing rep and we say to the viewing rep okay there's going to be something in this property you'll need to go in 10 minutes before you're viewing so Raymond very much a gentleman mm -hmm. said Wendy, he said, I've got a grown-up daughter. He said, I've got a wife. He said, it'll be, it'll be a pair of, uh, you know, ladies' underwear. He said, it's fine, I'll cover it with a pillow. And I said, Raymond, I don't think it's going to be underwear. <laughs> so, and Raymond goes to the property ten minutes before the viewing, <clears throat> and in the bathroom is this massive vibrator <laughs> with a butt plug. <laughs> wow. So how how do you cover wow. it? 
you discreetly lift a towel <laughs> and put it over. Put it over. Yeah, yeah. A couple of days later, the exact same thing happened. The tenant still. This time she left it in the lounge, but she left no. she left it in the lounge next to a tub of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, as as the staff saying, you know, because I by this time I'm I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. Uh -huh. I'm thinking this is not right. You know that you've got prospective <laughs> tenants coming to see your property. You're either an exhibitionist or yeah, I think maybe. there's something not right here. But you know each to their own. If she wasn't embarrassed about it, you know, it's, it's her home. In fact, if she's not but embarrassed, the fact that she's actually asking someone else to do something about it. <laughs> I, don't, I won't tell you what I wanted to say, but... Just say, you can edit it out. You probably have some massive edit right? <laughs> I can see it. I did want to see when the, when the viewing rate was in, you know, in the bathroom, I did want to see, was it clean? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I think um, I think a lot of letting agents will have come across uh, adult marital aids. Um, you know, the fear was you were going to walk in and discover something that uh -huh. for me was yeah. always the case, and that could have been anything from the tenant lying in their bed and you're trying to do a, a view or, or mm -hmm. just a routine inspection to something far more severe. Uh -huh. You had um, one actually, maybe a few years ago. You tell me about a lady. I don't think it was With the child, the inspection? Oh, that inspection, yeah. Not, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, that not, one. Not quite so morbid. <laughs> so, again, it was a nice house out in Houston. Houston's got a real kind of magnet for this kind of stuff just now. But the, the chap came in and said that he was a you know, high-profile businessman of sorts. He was older chap, quite mature, but he was able to prove that he was adequately earning, shall we say. Because of that, the owner was quite happy to forgo some of the more... So, formal aspects of the referencing but he had this younger partner but as it happens the promise to pay six months rent sort of decreased down to four months rent initially didn't raise any flags but the owner was quite happy still to take it sure enough as the months went on rent arrears started to accrue so I was asked to go out and do an inspection just to see where things were at what the house looked like so we'd informed the tenant by this point we'd learned it the husband, he had since left her. He just walked out and gone. I think he was South American. I think he'd actually properly left the country. But he'd left this lady and her child, toddler, age, um, behind in the house. So I'll go in and immediately in the hallway, the worst nightmares were realised. There was crayon marks everywhere. There was drawings. The place was in a real proper state. And the saving grace was it was an unfurnished house. So the furniture wasn't our concern, but the decor was ruined. She's in the middle of telling me what's been happening. She's unemployed. She was basically living off of his income. He's left. This sob story was going on and she was feeling a bit down. In the middle of the story, this child that was running about like an animal decides <coughs> to pull his mother's trousers down in front of me. <laughs> straight to her ankles. And it went straight down. The poor lady was commander. She had no underwear. I didn't know where to look. I'm like, hello. Um, Turn around oh, it was awkward. Yeah, it was awkward for so many reasons. But I was only maybe 21, 22, so I was still quite young. And for this to happen right in front of you was just the best and worst thing to have happened. But yeah, didn't see it coming. Ah, so she froze with a deer in the headlights for a second. She was standing there for maybe two seconds, half naked from the bottom down, thinking, "What do I do?" And the child's obviously thinking this is hysterical. I'm staring at the ceiling. Found some other mark in a wall somewhere, but yeah, she didn't know if the trousers came back up. And the conversation was quickly brought to an end. I think I actually said when I've left, I've seen everything I need to see. <laughs> and I left and went back and I also reported really? everything and I mean everything back to the office to say what was happening. She, you know, that was it. So we worked an agreement out. She was, was allowed to leave. We weren't going to hold her responsible for anything. I would have found myself uh, searching through my data bank of small talk. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd probably just start talking too much or something. Why, why does that stuff never happen to me? We did have a, a tenant who, how should we put it, was was like a like a storyteller. Right. Was always late with his rent. Oh. Would always have the most amazing Easy. stories to tell you for the reasons why he couldn't, you know get the rent in that day and it would be a couple of days time and you know some of them you know oh, I was in hospital or um, 
you know, another one was, well, well, I was on holiday or I was at air races or, <laughs> you know, and, and, and this time my phone's in the Just to let you know, uh, I won't be paying my rent today because I burnt, burnt your flat down. <gasps> so his opinion was there is no flat, therefore there is no rent. And how bad was so, it? So we're actually like, you burnt the flat down, like, are you serious? Yeah, and I'm in the hospital, and as I say, this 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 chap's a storyteller. Oh you know, some goodness. some cracking stories come out of this guy's mouth. So, um, so out we go to the property, and sure enough, the place is just the flat is no. burnt. So we chat, start chapping the neighbours' doors because by this time we can't get a hold of the tenant again because he's turned his phone off. We can't get so we've no way of getting in touch with this tenant. So. Speak to some of the neighbours, and the neighbour said, the neighbour said, oh, the fire was a couple of weeks ago. The tenant's not quite all there. Well, we, we figured that one out. Um, but the lengths we had to go to to actually get access to that yeah. property, get in touch with the fire brigade, they wouldn't release a report to us. So we had to, under the Freedom of Information, then go for a report oh, to release it to us. Sick. And sure enough, the fire was weeks ago. Like, weeks prior to that, the tenant then phoned. Thank God the landlord had insurance. Great ending, you know, she got a beautiful flat out of it. But the tenant actually phoned a week later and said, eh, when am I getting my deposit back? You actually burnt <laughs> this flat to the ground. <laughs> and I actually phoned to tell us, I've burnt your flat to the ground. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah like, and actually, not immediately either. <laughs> yeah, oh, I do yes, have a fire story of my own. Oh, um, right. we, ha we had uh, uh, an incident um, on Christmas Eve it was a domestic incident um, in one of our houses in the east end of Glasgow um, where the, 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 the tenant's partner was uh, abusive or, or whatever, um, had, it wasn't on the lease, but they'd had some sort of argument and he had um, threatened to, uh, you know, if you don't do whatever it is, I'm, I'm saying I'm setting fire to the place, so sure enough. He set fire to the um, to the bedroom to the mattress. Oh um, so fire brigade called out. There was extensive damage to the to the property, but the room was materially damaged. Um, you know, in terms of like actual charring and so on, and there was smoke throughout the rest of the place. So everything needed ripped out and, and redoing. And she had to find somewhere temporarily to, or some folks to stay with on Christmas Eve. But I, I always remember I had to go and meet a rejoiner there to board up the door because the fire brigade had to put the door in. Um, the and, and secure the place and um you know that that was quite a sobering thing it wasn't a yeah. pleasant experience mm -hmm. to go and turn up because um i think they had young kids or she had young kids and there was the, the christmas tree was all there and there was presents under the christmas tree all destroyed you know with, oh. with water and stuff like that it was just a disaster area um so yeah that was um the, the day before we stopped for our christmas uh, recess mm -hmm. uh, having to wait in for the joiner to mm -hmm. um to turn up and um yeah, that's. Sam from the joiner, they'd be arriving at the same I time. I mean, <laughs> and I think every letting agent, you know, obviously we're in this industry, we've all had, you know, floods and mm -hmm. fires and mm -hmm. it's just part of the course, yeah. isn't it? It mm -hmm. really is, but it's, it is, it's quite. And it, it gives, it's probably worth at this point mentioning that we, we as letting agents get um, mm -hmm. a privileged and unique opportunity to have yeah. a little glimpse into people's lives um, that, that most people don't don't get That's to see right. you know for some of them are humorous some of them are harrowing some yeah. of them are um enormous in terms of you know the problem that you're going to have to now deal with and but nevertheless yeah, you right. get a little glimpse into to, to people's lives and it's always it's without context so you don't know what's behind it you just see mm -hmm. the incident in itself that's it because i mean we're here just as much not just to talk about the humorous stories but you know other stories that we wouldn't mm -hmm. expect and i think because you've had some unpleasant ones haven't you with People dying. I think a good number of letting agents would have come across some 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 mm -hmm. death or or, or near yeah. death ex experiences with their tenants. We we had an incident um, in in city centre in Glasgow where a tenant a tenant's boyfriend again somebody who wasn't on the lease found themselves plummeting from a seventh floor balcony mm -hmm. um, to their death. Um, so again, no context. Mm -hmm. We don't know what happened, how it happened. Um, but the tenant ended up seeing out their their tenancy agreement um, oh, in the end. But you really want to still um, stay? <laughs> you really wouldn't. But and it was strange for us as well to go around for mm -hmm. viewings, um, knowing what had no, happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so where, where was this exactly? 
Wales. Well, that was in the Glasgow City Centre. Yeah. Um, when do you have something similar, don't you? Again, we had um, a vulnerable tenant. Um, she, she was in a wheelchair, so because we knew she was vulnerable, um, you would just, again, maybe do inspections on mm -hmm. a more uh, regular basis. And quite concerning that the property manager couldn't get hold of the tenant, so um, went to do the inspection on the property. And normally, again, as I say, we text and we email to say, you know, we're coming to do mm -hmm. the inspection, but this particular tenant was just quite happy for you to turn up. You know, mm -hmm. she, she knew, you know, it would be this date, this time, so text her, emailed her, no response. And Kirsty goes in to do the inspection and she phoned me and she said, Wendy, I'm in this flat, she said, and the wheelchair's lying here mm. and there's um, like a massive bloodstain in the line, she said, but there's no tenant. Now the tenant didn't have anybody, as it so happened, actually a family member who didn't live in Glasgow was also concerned uh, about the tenant, so had asked a neighbour. A neighbour did have a key and it just so happened the night before um, the neighbour went in, but unfortunately the neighbour found her found her dead. Oh. And the scary thing is, you know, it could have been us finding yeah. her dead. You know, that was literally the night before. Yeah. We were in that the mm -hmm. next morning. But you do have a duty to care for the vulnerable, yeah. the elderly, you know, the infirm, mm -hmm. you know. We do have a tenant just now again who we're really concerned about. Um, and he's an old chap, late 80s, living in his own in a house. And we know he's at an age where he needs help. Mm -hmm. Our staff are amazing, you know. You do see the serious side mm -hmm. to the lettings. As long mm -hmm. as, you know, you have got a funny side, but you've also got, you yeah. know, the vulnerable side, the serious side. Real where life. You, yeah, mm -hmm. a you see some harrowing, mm. harrowing stories, some hear some harrowing stories. Agents don't get enough credit for that. You don't just mm -hmm. sign a person in yeah. and expect them to move out after mm -hmm. a number of months. You do build relationships with oh, people. Uh -huh. You do become quite friendly and you do become concerned for the, mm -hmm. the well-being yeah, of these the people. Real, yeah. I can't remember exactly where it was. I think it was Kel McComb, and this lady had been living there for years, mm. and it was a set of stone steps every winter. She felt trapped. I can count umpteen occasions going out and just salt the steps for her so she could get down and go to the mm. shop because she was on her own. Uh -huh. And yeah, the agents don't get enough credit for the relationships yeah. that they do develop, mm -hmm. the bonds that they do make, and uh -huh. the, you say you go above and beyond uh -huh. just simply yeah. a duty of, oh, we'll get the rent and then we'll check over the house. It's yeah. never as Abs clean cut as that. Good tenancies are fine, but there are people that depend on you, yeah. and agents mm -hmm. never get enough credit. When I occasionally, and, and those days are, are long gone for me, but I, I used to do all our quarterly walk-through inspections, and um, so I used to really enjoy that. Um, sometimes you would get a real feel, especially around Christmas time, you'd get a right buzz uh, for, you'd get a feeling, a real sensation of homeliness and, mm -hmm. and happiness, and then other properties you'd go into and there would be a strange atmosphere, mm -hmm. you know, and it would be a... Um, Sometimes a sad atmosphere. Yeah. Um, we we had a, another guy just talking about back to the the, the dead bodies. We we, uh -huh. we had a nearly dead body. A nearly, uh, dead, nearly dead body. <laughs> this this actually dead. this was recounted to me by by one of my colleagues, um, who had a German uh, tenant. Um, we'd been there for a while with no problems, and then the rent stopped coming in. So after the usual phone calls and letters, they tried his work. There was no next of kin here. Work said they hadn't seen him, um, for for a while and. They were also worried, so my colleague uh, took um, herself round. Um, she took take another uh, taking another colleague with her as well. They went on a Friday afternoon with keys to gain access, uh, as they were getting quite worried as well. Mm -hmm. So they went knocking on the door, calling his name, got no response, um, and they were thinking maybe he's gone back to Germany or, or something like that. So, um, but they went in. The first door on the left was the bedroom, and the curtains were drawn. The place was quite dark, so they were starting to to get. Um, and obviously it was late on in the afternoon, they were starting to mm. freak out a bit. Um, there was nobody in the bedroom, they went towards the lounge, door was closed, knocked on the door and shouted, no reply. Um, so they were kind of satisfied there was nobody in. Um, so once outside, um, they were they were just concerned that they hadn't fully checked the lounge because the door was closed. They, but, you know, they thought, yeah. check the bedrooms, you know, somebody's going to die, maybe they're going to be dying in the bedroom or whatever. <laughs> um, so, but the, the lounge door was ajar, they had a brief look-in, but not a, pr a proper look-in. So, um, they basically went back in, 
um, pushed the lounge door open um, and that was also in darkness because the blinds and curtains were closed and what happened was a hand fell down behind the door. Um, so needless to say, my colleague got the fright of her life and screamed. From behind uh, the door? Behind the door, like, um, you know. So hanging, no? No, but like, no, it's still attached to an arm. No, I don't mean hanging, I meant the person. Oh, no, 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 no. I think, I think they were they probably, they were probably kind of, you know, oh, in a prone position. Right, okay. Just men hanging So this hand kind of flopped down. Um, and so basically went back in and checked. He was still alive, but he was slipping in and out of consciousness. Oh, no. And um, apparently if he'd been left much longer, he may have died. Um, the guy had a, a, a serious depression and hadn't been eaten properly and was a very bad way. So after oh. a while in hospital, he went back to his family. Maybe we saved yeah. a, a dead body yeah, from... Maybe from, saved from, somebody. Saved a dead body. Saved a dead body story and, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, finished with a happy ending. Working in Lettons, I suppose like any job, it changes your very fabric. Mm -hmm. Because I came out of school, I left school and went straight into Lettons. I was nearly eight years we let it, so we're still very green and very naive, and you always mm. just assumed that people could be taken at face value mm -hmm. and that they were always nice, and yeah. obviously that isn't the case. You've got some real horror stories from tenants, what mm -hmm. they can do and what they're not just capable of doing, but what they're prepared to do at your mm -hmm. property, and it's, it's quite frightening, but yeah, it, it changes you as well. I remember becoming a little bit cynical in the end and not listening to the good stories and things like that, and there was one count that I can recall where this chap had come in and he was maybe four months into his old SED and mm -hmm. he was explaining that he'd been out a couple of nights ago and he'd been walking his dog and he got set upon by about four different people and they gave him an absolute beating. You could see that he was black mm -hmm. and blue but when we were discussing this internally in the office afterwards, you know, the girls in the front saying that's such a shame and saying he's scared to go out now. I'm sitting at the other side of the office thinking that guy had no permission for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to be left in this mess when the dogs, you know, get here exactly. everywhere or worse? And they're saying that's shocking, but well, it's true. You do, and you've heard it all before. And you can always tell yes. when somebody's wheeling out a sob story as yes, well. You yeah. think, this has got all the hallmarks. Yeah. Um, it's when they start by saying, see what it is, is. We had a tenant that, um, let's see... It was, it was a new build, he was in, the property was only like a yeah. year old and we went to do the checkout. It had quite a distinctive car, okay? So went to do the checkout and a girl from the office phoned me, she said, Wendy, he stole the washing, the washer dryer. What do you mean he stole the washer dryer? She said, well, it's only because it was an unfurnished property, it was just the white goods in the kitchen, no washer mm -hmm. dryer. And we've, this, this development we've got, we've got like 50 yeah. odd properties in the one development, bog standard. Oh, right, okay, we need to let the landlord know, so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, same girl who's out uh, doing her visits phones and she said, I've just found out where uh, our tenants moved to because this ah. tenant actually left and not <clears throat> where they'd gone to. Mm -hmm. I've just found out uh, where they are. She said, as I say, very distinctive car, it's parked outside and she gave us the address. So my business partner at the time and I, and I said to my business partner, Right, let's get back. Let's get down to this house. Mm -hmm. Let's go and see what's happening. Right, so we leave it till seven o'clock at night when he's least expecting me. Uh -huh. Go to the door. I, I You're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I knock on the door. I actually, before prior mm -hmm. to that, I actually did phone the police. Yeah. And the police wouldn't do anything about it because. Why is that? Well, basically, they said you can't prove that the tenant has actually taken, you know, the washer dryer. It could have been anybody. He could have given keys to it. And I said, but. Still his responsibility, you yeah. know. So the police wouldn't do anything about mm -hmm. it. So when I went to, to this chap's door, I chapped the door and uh, the chap came to the door and I really want to say, you might have to edit this. <laughs> I turned chalk white when he looked at the me. Seven o'clock at night, he's thinking, you're the last person mm -hmm. I, I expected to see here. So, of course, Willie then says, you know, you've got something that belongs to us. And he mm -hmm. said, oh, he said, um, he, said uh, he said it wasn't working, it was broke. Packed it by mistake. <laughs> so why did you take it then if it's not working? Uh -huh. Right, so we go into the property, we go into, we go into his flat, and here we look in his kitchen, and sure enough, the washing's just been uh, oh. done in the washing machine. <laughs> so Willie opens the machine, takes his washing <laughs> out, and proceeds to say to the chap, 
Right. Would you like to help me outside with this? Really now, what that? I actually forgot to say is, Willie was just out of hospital. My business partner was just out of hospital after having an operation on his hand. So his left hand is bandaged. Fingers to wrist is fully bandaged. Right. So he says to the chat, would you like to help me out to the landing with this? So just give no alternative. So he helps him out to the landing. Really looks at me as we're standing in the landing and says... Okay, Wendy, what's your proposal now with this? <laughs> How do we get this down the stairs between us? I've got one hand and you're a girl. How are we getting this? What's your try? And I said to him, well, actually, I didn't think that far in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I had to phone my husband. <laughs> Brilliant. I had to phone my husband and say, can you come down with the van and help us with this washer dryer? <laughs> I mean, that, but that, the lengths you go to yeah, it's dated, that, you know. that's like an extreme thing but it does happen you know mm -hmm. occasionally where a tenant decides that the, the correct course of action to, to spite the landlord slash letting agent will be to steal old white goods yeah. and then that does happen from time yeah, to time yeah. doesn't it and actually John thinking back what you said earlier about having to break the door down um, and, and damage being caused to the property. We had a tenant who actually um, saw fit to break out of her bathroom because she got locked in the bathroom and she just went completely nuts um, and panicked and <laughs> didn't just break the door down but broke the whole entire bathroom to pieces out of like what? terror pretty yeah, much she, yeah she just she panicked, panic, panicked panic and just attack. just went crazy I think she probably got out of the bathroom in the end but yeah these are all things that again we have to, to deal with and they're uh -huh. sometimes they're, they're um, unique, unusual situations that mm -hmm. you have to think in your feet as to how to best resolve, you know, something that you've never come across before. Yeah, so. exactly. Ending on a, a happy note, because I know we're short for time, Chris, you've got an appointment soon in Glasgow right. that you need to get back for. But ending on a happier note, we know that um, love can be found in letting. Is that right, John? It can, yes. I met my now wife, and Karen and I have been together ever since. And on that note, I think we better let Chris, oh, Chris get to his um, appointment. So thank, thank you, you, everyone, for coming in. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for having us. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.